Are you glad to be in the house of God? Jewish history records that the generation before Jesus was born, Israel, was under a dire drought. For an extended period of time, the clouds gave no rain, and life in the Judean desert had become much more difficult. No water would be considered a humanitarian crisis. No, main ra no rain meant suffering crops and animals and struggling people. Society would come to a screeching halt. They didn't know what to do. And Jewish writings record the story that the locals in Jerusalem were so desperate for a miracle, so in need to see something supernatural take place that they called upon an old sage, what some called a prophet. He lived outside of the city walls, and he was known to be a man of prayer. His name was Oni, H-O-N-I. The, the city leaders came to him and asked him to pray. So the story goes that with his six-foot staff in his hand, he took that staff and began to draw a circle around him, making a complete circle, dropped to his knees within that circle, and it is recorded that he prayed with the utmost authority with his hands raised to heaven. He said, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy, O God, upon your children. History records that the moment that he said those words that it began to sprinkle, the people began to rejoice. People were cheering and they're thinking the drought is over. It's just a little drizzle. And the history records that at that moment, he began to pray. Not for such a rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill every cistern, pit, and cavern. Well, that sprinkling rain then turns into large drops, and according to the documentation of the eyewitnesses there that day, the rain was the size of eggs falling from the sky. The people begin to run to the Temple Mount to get away from the flash flood, the flash flood that was to come. And while he's in that circle and the people went from rejoicing to now fear, he prayed once more with his knees on the ground, his head bowed low and his hands in the air. He prayed one final prayer. Not for such a rain have I prayed, but for the rain of your favor, the rain of your blessing, and the rain of your graciousness. At that moment, the rain that was flooding the, the, the Kidron Valley began to turn into just regular drops and begin to even off and become a normal rain, ending the drought. And this story is still taught today in the nation of Israel, and it has been deemed by Jewish leaders as one of the most significant prayers in the history of Israel. Think with me for a moment that an entire generation was saved because this man was willing to draw a circle and pray a bold 
prayer. Throughout the pages of your Bible, we see men and women in crisis. It don't take long to start reading and see people that are dealing with difficult situations, impossible circumstances. And over and over again, these individuals pray big, bold prayers. In one chapter of the Bible, we see that the Red Sea parts in half. In another part, we see that the sun stands still for Joshua in the middle of a battle. We see an ax head float. We, we see people raised from the dead. We see victories in battle. Impossible situations turn around. Impossibilities become possible over and over because someone, somewhere, drew a circle, made up in their mind that I'm gonna stay right here I'm going to hold my ground and I'm going to pray a big, bold prayer. What's interesting about prayer is that, now I'm, I cannot speak with full authority on God's sovereignty of why God does things and why God doesn't do certain things and, and sometimes while we pray things don't come to pass and but I do believe the Bible gives us some tips, a few reasons that our prayers are not answered. So if you're taking notes, I'm gonna give you three today. We're talking about bold prayers. I'm gonna get back to that in just a moment, but three reasons I think that hinders us uh, from seeing certain things. Number one, prayers that are never said. <laughs> Somebody say, wow. Prayers go unanswered because many go unasked. My wife and I, a few years ago, we were buying an investment property in Ohio, and this individual uh, I called was a real estate agent. I said, hey, I'm looking for an investment property, and he told me, well, this property's coming open, and he said that it didn't have, um, it didn't have, uh, it wasn't on the market yet. And I said, great, let's go look at it. So we go in, we look at it. He tells me this guy's firm on a certain number, and I can't remember if it was 75 or 85, I think it was 85, and he said, he is, he is firm on that and he's not moving off that number. I said, okay. So we walked through the house and we're getting ready to leave. He goes, okay, you wanna make an offer? I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's offer him $50,000. He's like, he, he won't take less than 85. I'm like, no, just offer $50,000. I'm a preacher, I'm cheap. <laughs> he goes, he's not gonna take that. I said, just see what he says. 20 minutes later, he calls me back. He says, Ethan, you're not gonna believe it. He took that offer for $50,000. How did you know? I said, I didn't know. He goes, what's your strategy? I said, I just asked. <laughs> I didn't have a calculation. I don't even know if I prayed. I just asked. The Bible says that you do not have because you do not ask. Most of what we call praying is really complaining anyway. If we were honest, many of us have complained to mama, we've gossiped about it, we've complained about it, but have you prayed about it? You have not because you ask not. The second reason is that prayers, prayers that are not God's will, prayers that are not God's will. First John chapter five, verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything, big wording here, 
according to his will, he hears us. I think if we were honest today, much of our prayers that we do pray are selfish in nature. Most of the prayers that we do pray are not his will. They're our will. They're our agenda. Have you ever caught yourself being like, Lord Jesus, bring me that fine woman. I know she's a 10 and I'm a three, but Lord. <laughs> you got some big faith, brother. You got some big faith. And, 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 and then you get mad when God doesn't perform that prayer, and it's like, well, was that God's will or was that your will? God, please open this door. I, I need this job opportunity in this city, and it's not coming to pass. Maybe you're praying your agenda, not his agenda. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, Jesus said, pray like this. Your kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was trying to inform them, be careful not to pray things that are not in his will. So ask him to just do his will when you pray. So James chapter four, verse three, it says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Right? So I think we've all been guilty of praying things that was not in God's plan for our lives. So you pray for that woman. You're like, Lord Jesus, oh God. Bring her my way, Lord. Bring her my way. And she's turning the other way, you know, just leaving you. <laughs> and, and here's the reality. If God didn't bring her to you, she wasn't for you. He's trying to help somebody. If God didn't bring him to you, he wasn't for you. God's not up in heaven losing people. <laughs> and here's the reality, you're gonna look back. I got a word for you. <laughs> you're gonna look back in four or five years, maybe 10, and you're gonna get on Facebook, and you're gonna see him. <laughs> and you're gonna know. And you're gonna be singing Garth Brooks, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs, just because he doesn't answer, doesn't mean he don't care. Have you ever thought, I know we thank God for everything he did do and has done, but have you ever thought about the things he didn't do for you? Have you ever been like, man, I'm so glad God didn't answer that prayer. Hear me, it wasn't his will. And some people say, well, how do I know what's God's will? Here's how I'll help you. If you know his word, you'll be in his will. When you know his word, you'll know his ways. When you know his ways, you'll follow his will. You'll see how God does things. So when you're praying for a job, instead of doing this, God, give me that job. Open that door. I command every devil, get your hand off that. You know, we do some stuff. What we should do is say, you know what, God, if that job's for me, open that door. If that job's for me, 
then I'm going to trust you. You're going you're to give me the right connections and the right favor. And then you can say this, and if it's not that job, I know you've ordered my steps, the Bible says. What am I doing? I'm praying his word, which is his will. I know you got a plan for me since I was in my mother's womb. What are you doing? You're praying his will when you pray. And I would encourage you that when we pray, that there's gonna be times where you look and you're like, man, this didn't, I don't know how this works. Can I tell you, I believe God answers three ways. Number one, he answers with a yes. Number two, he answers with a no. And number three, he answers with a not now. So I want you to write that down because there's some of you going in the spirit of prayer this month and you're thinking it's a magic trick. And it's like, God's gonna do it because I wrote it down. No, I'll tell you this, he may do it and he can do it. But it may be a no for now, not forever kind of thing. That God may say, you know what, I got a job for you, but it ain't that job right there. I got some doors coming down the line. Are you still with me? I'm just trying to help you today. Here's another one, this is the final one. Prayers that are not prayed in faith. James chapter one, verse six. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who, is, who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose or assume that he will receive anything from the Lord. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Have faith, Jesus said, that you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Have faith, believe it, stand strong. I'm sure there are people in this room that that when you've prayed, you have felt pretty faithless at times. I can totally relate. That you've prayed to God and you felt, you know, I don't, I'm not strong right now, I'm weary. It reminds me of the father in the Bible who brought his son to be, uh, have demons cast out of him. And the Bible lets us know that Jesus tells the father, he says, why don't you just have faith? And the father said, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus still brought healing to that boy. Hear me today. Some people could say, well, that man didn't have faith and God did a miracle. I would tell you this. The fact he came to Jesus means he had faith. The Bible says that any man who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What am I saying? Sometimes you won't always feel strong in faith. But if you go to the right source, that is an expression of faith. Am I helping you? Most prayers, talking about boldness today, most prayers are often too general and too small. Lord, bless this food to the health of my body. Lord, bless this triple bacon cheeseburger. and these chili fries, and my cup of lard on the side, <laughs> to the health of my body. <laughs> Come on, I know we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. God, keep me safe today. Help me. Now I lay me down to sleep. Those are all good prayers. I'm not shaming anybody. Everybody's learning, but I would encourage you I would encourage you that, that God is so much bigger than we give him credit. That if we were to 
have God answer every prayer that you've prayed in the last seven days. If God answered every prayer that you've prayed in the last seven days, would the world even notice? Most of us just pray so small. And God's up in heaven like, do you, do you know what I can do for you? Are you aware, are you, are you are, it's like God is thinking like, give me something that I can show my power, where I can show my glory, where I can show my, my, my strength. I heard a story by a preacher years ago, and I was sharing this with some people between services, of a minister who had a dream that God brought him to heaven, and when he was in heaven, uh, God brought him to a room, and in this room he saw, he saw legs, and he saw hearts, and he saw lungs, and he saw just parts of people in heaven. And he said, he's, he asked God, what is this? And God said, these are all the healings that people never prayed for. I, I'm just trying to challenge all of us that if we were to really think about how big we really pray and who we're really talking to. James chapter four, verse two again says, you have not because you do not ask, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. One author said that word wrongly in the Greek means that you pray sick, weak, miserable prayers. And when we pray, we're like, oh God, please just, things are going bad. My goldfish got the diabetes. <laughs> Touch it, Jesus. So we just get, it's just, it can almost be like, imagine being God and realizing, do you know what I, I can do? Do you know what I am capable of? Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or think according to the Wait a minute, he just said, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think, comma, we all shout and dance right there like, yes, God can do it. But watch what it says, according to the power that works in us. In other words, God is saying, I can do a miracle for you, I can blow your mind, I can do stuff for, stuff for you that you have never even thought or imagined or ever, ever believed you could pray for, but I can't do nothing until the power is in you, the faith is in you, the expectation is in you. The Bible says, and I could, I'm having thoughts coming to me, I gotta stay focused, but the Bible in the Old Testament says that they, they, they limited the Holy One of Israel, a holy God, omnipotent in power and strength, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, and they limited him. Imagine that. I think we're fighting that same thing today where we could just easily limit God because we just pray, too small. Heard an interesting story about Martin Luther, who's the father of the Reformation, and he had an assistant who was sick, became ill, and he was on his deathbed, and he wrote a letter to Martin Luther. He said, I'm not well, the end is near, and I love you. And so instead of Martin Luther coming back and being like, I'm sorry, peace be with you, 
grace unto you. Martin Luther wrote a letter, and, he, and this is the letter. He responded, he said, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. He sent that text to a dying guy. You know what's crazy? His assistant lived, got back to helping in the church, and outlived Luther by two years. How does that happen? It's like Martin Luther had the spirit of Oni come upon him, and he drew a circle in the sand. It wasn't a Judean desert, it wasn't a drought, it wasn't sand, but there was something inside of him that said, absolutely not. There is no way that I'm going to let this happen. I'm gonna draw a circle and I'm gonna put my faith on it and I'm gonna pray big, bold prayers. I think that's what God's looking for in this hour from you and I at Vibrant Church. He's looking for a mother and a father that will draw a circle around their son and daughter and say, you know what, devil? I know you've come after them. I know you've tried to take them. But as for me and my house, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And they're blessed in the city and they're blessed in the field. Who am I preaching to? I'm looking for some husbands and wives that will circle their marriage and say, you know what, we've had some rough years, we've had some hard moments, we've had some tough days, but let's just put this together and we declare and decree that what God has brought together, no man's gonna cut asunder. Is anybody with me today? I believe that for this church. The enemy could try to come in and try to harm us and divide us and pull us apart, but we just circle it today and says, you know what? No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. I heard a poem that says, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. The Bible tells a story in 2 Kings chapter four in closing. This woman has a son, and in verse 18 it says, when the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers in the field working, picking potatoes or something. And he said to his father, oh my head, my head, and the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. She could have buried him. She could have called it done. She could have quit. She, she could have just said, thank you, Jesus, for the life well lived. And that wasn't this woman's attitude. The Bible lets us know that she took this child, laid him on a bed, closed the door, yelled to her family and said, give me a horse, give me a donkey, I'll be back in a little bit. And she rode to the prophet Elisha, who oddly enough prophesied that that boy was gonna be born. It's almost like this woman said, if it started with the word, it's gonna end with the word. I'm going to the prophet. And she got to the prophet, the Bible says she collapsed right at his feet, grabs a hold of him. 
what the word says. And he says, actually, he says, take my staff. This is so funny. He says, take my staff and lay it on the boy and he'll come back to life. And she says, I don't want your staff. I want you. As a pastor, I know that I know that's to be true. We don't want a staff pastor. We want you to come. I'm just kidding. All right. Just joking, everybody. Just joking. Don't be mad at me. Don't send me no ugly email. But he goes, and when he arrives, the Bible says this. Watch this. Next verse. The stage is too big. Next verse says, when Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them, and he prayed to the Lord. He shut the door and he prayed. You know what it looked like he was doing? It looked like he had that same attitude that Honey had. He shut the door behind him. It's like he started drawing a circle. The Bible says he laid on that boy. The boy's body became warm. The Bible said the prophet got up and kept walking back and forth. I love the Bible. Started walking back and forth. He's like, this ain't done yet. I'm not leaving this circle yet. Bible didn't say he even left for a drink of water. Never opened that door. He just stayed in the circle. I'm going to wait right here. And he began to pray. The Bible says he laid on the boy again. And the scripture says the boy sneezed seven times, came back to life again. Another generation came to life because somebody said, I'm not leaving this spot. I'm going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to believe God. I think I'm in a room with a bunch of people who's had to draw some circles and hold your ground and pray some big prayers. I was thinking about this. You know, many of you know, I was born premature and beautiful. And uh, that's a joke. I was born early and, you know, my lung collapsed and, and uh, they had me in the hospital and stuff. Well, at that time, they would have these cards. I don't know what, like announcement cards maybe. And people would write like, we had a boy, eight pounds, something, you know, send it out. That was how we, that's how they posted on social media. And so my mom and dad, you know, I'm fighting for my life. I'm not supposed to live. So my mom and dad, you know what they did? They took those cards and they wrote on those cards. We had a healthy baby boy. Ethan, Ricky, Paul, Box, And sent those cars to everybody. Meanwhile, I'm not doing well. But they were just praying. I love this story. Let me just tell my story one more time. Can I tell you? My dad's leaving the hospital and he sees an old church lady with hair real high. You know, those are the ladies when they pray, God hears them because they're closer to heaven. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen him? He's walking out and he sees her. She goes, Johnny Boggs, why are you crying? He said, Oh, you know, you got to meet my dad. He says, my baby's not good and things aren't well. And she says, you know what we're going to do? I love this story. This is my story. She goes, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to cry. We're not going to whine. 
right here in the Orville Dunlap Memorial Hospital, we're gonna draw a circle. And the Bible, or the Bible says, my dad's old enough to be in the Bible. And then right there in the parking lot in Orville, Ohio, right up the road from Smucker's Jelly, they got in a circle and grabbed hands. And she said, I declare life right there in the parking lot. My dad said, I didn't care who was watching. I didn't care who was looking. If you need rain bad enough, you'll draw a circle right there in your parking lot of your house. If you need rain bad enough, you'll stand right in your kid's bedroom. If you need rain bad enough, you'll stand right there in the middle of your circumstance and just believe God and pray bold prayers. Later that afternoon, they called my dad and they said, he's alive. He's doing good. He had a total turnaround. You can come get him in the morning. Here I is. Because somebody drew a circle. Somebody prayed bold. Somebody believed big. Two years ago when I came to Mississippi, somebody said, Pastor Ethan, a mentor of mine said, the only thing you need to fear going to Mississippi other than the heat and the bugs is the debt. A lot of money on this church. A lot of change. Just build a building. It's a lot of money. And I was like, well, I was scared, to be honest with you. This, that, that part was scary. And because, you know, at church, you don't sell a product. We just trust in God. You just follow Jesus, and he's taking care of the needs. And people like you following, following the leading of the Spirit and being generous. And I can't say thank you enough. But watch this, man. We were, uh, I was at the house one day, and I was getting ready to go to Florida to meet with Pastor Larry Stock, so I was a part of this thing he was doing. And uh, Pat Davidson down here on the front row, he's our CPA, and he called me, he's on our board as well. He called me, he said, uh, Pastor Ethan, there's something going on. Uh, the bank called us, and this is a good thing. He goes, but it's a big thing. And uh, the bank offered us a $1.5 million write-off loan satisfaction thing if you come up with a million by the end of June of two years ago. And I've never heard of that. So Pat's explaining it to me. And he's like, all we need to do is come up with a million dollars. Wow, Pat. <laughs> Great idea, Bubba. <laughs> I go to Pastor Larry Stocksville after that. I flew to Florida. And I'll never forget. I'll tell you right where I'm standing. I can tell you right where I was standing when I was in that room. And Pastor Larry said, there are three pastors, 50 pastors there. He said, there's three pastors here that are, uh, you're going to have, you're having a financial miracle coming to your church. And I sat there, I'm like, I don't know if there's others, but I'm taking that. I don't care who thinks that's theirs, that's mine. I'm going to draw a circle around that. So I go up front afterwards, my Pastor Larry, which is so funny because there was three pastors, me and two other guys came forward. That had to be God. Told him, I said, listen, I got a call before I came here about, uh, about uh, wiping this massive debt off our church, and it would, it would have to be God if it happened. And, and Pastor Larry looked at me and says, okay, uh, how much money do you need? How much money do you need? Well, and I started to explain things. He's like, no, 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 how much money do you need? How much money do you got to give them? I was like, oh. <laughs> chill out, old man. Give me some seconds to talk. 
He said, how much do you need to give the bank and when? I said, we need to give them a million dollars by the end of June. Pastor Larry put it, he's two or three inches taller than me. He put his hands on my shoulders. He said, Father, He goes, this dear brother needs a million dollars. And he said, I want you to tell God, God, give me a million dollars. Million dollars. I know that don't, I mean, I know we're in this room and everybody thinks that's like, oh, that's a cool story. You should be the one saying it to Larry Stockstill. It was like, he thought I was speaking in tongues. He was like, million dollars. And right there at that church, Sarasota, Florida, we circled right there. And he said, you believe God that you're gonna get a million dollars to give it to that bank and you're gonna see the work of God. I walked out of there believing I'm gonna stay in this circle and I have faith. Now don't get me wrong, I had some doubts. I have moments. We came home, we had enough in savings to pay half of it. So we had 500,000. So I told the church in like three weeks or something, it wasn't long, right? Wasn't it like three weeks or... Okay, well, it's, a, it's my story, and uh, <laughs> don't mess my story up, Pat. I told you guys one hour before. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I told everybody, I said, hey, listen, we need, need $500,000 in a few weeks, and, uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you, that Sunday morning, I remember talking to Pat, being like, I know I get up here and it's like I have faith up here, but I drive home too. And I step out of the circle sometimes. And I was scared. But wouldn't you know it? We took up that offering. A few weeks went by to gather all the money coming in. It was right around $500,000. And we were able to pay that full million dollars to get that million and a half off. Here's one more thing I didn't tell last service. In just... The two and a half years since I've been here, is it 46 or eight? 46%, I like 48 better. 40, you're not good at telling my stories. 46% of our debt has been all, we've paid off 46% of our debt in two years. All because some people believed in Vibrant Church and drew a circle and said, you know what? He said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail and we're not leaving. We're holding our ground. I've just come to tell you today, the same God that can provide a million dollars, the same God that can raise me out of a bed of affliction as a baby, is the same God that is just waiting on you to say, you know what? I speak life over my marriage. I speak life over my kids. I speak life over my business. As for me and my house, you have ordered my steps. I believe God. I'm going to pray bold prayers. Watch this. Bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. Bold prayers is putting a faith in saying, God, it's in your hands. That honors God. And in turn, God honors bold prayers. So here's what I want you to do. When you receive that card when you came in, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to write down a bold prayer. You may need that whole piece of paper to write these prayers. But I want you to write something big. 
that you're believing God for, something that seems impossible, something that seems so difficult. I know some of you have already written from first Wednesday and some are here still from first service, but if you even think of another thing or you wanna stand in prayer for somebody else, if there's somebody you know needs a miracle, write it down. It was a woman between services that told me she's gonna write down a person's name whose daughter is not well right now, a little toddler, laying it on this altar today. I'm asking you to honor this moment for the next few moments. I want you to write the thing down the devil has freaked you out right now. Like you wanted to write it, and the first thought was, don't write that. Write that. When Elijah walked in that room, you know he had doubts. You know it. Can you imagine walking into that dead of a situation with an upset mom out in the living room just waiting on you? He just drew a circle. I'm afraid we're never going to see a big God because we never prayed big things. I don't want Vibrant Church to experience small things. I want us to experience big things. I want you to see the big side of God. He said, according to the power that works in us. Are you willing to write, in the, to draw a circle? This card right here, I just looked down and saw this. This card right here, somebody wrote a circle around the prayer. Just saying, this, I'm drawing a circle right here. Took it literal. God, honor this request today. Somebody just saying, God, here is my prayer. Will you stand with us all over the room? If you're still writing, that's okay. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do as the worship team is gonna sing. and I want you to stay in an atmosphere of faith. And I want you, in just a moment, all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom. If you're joining us online, you can submit requests as well, and we'll put them on the altar for you. But I want you to make your way down. I want you to come down these aisles if you can and go and kind of flank to the left or right. But as you come, I want you to have faith. Every step the devil's gonna tell you, it is not gonna happen. This is too big. Don't ask God for that. Can I tell you? That's exactly what he would say. That's exactly what he would say. The Bible says he's the father of lies. The devil can't defeat you. He'll try to discourage you. And I want you to know something. As you're coming down, you're walking down in faith. When you lay it on the altar, you're declaring to your life. You're declaring to your past. You're declaring to your family. You're declaring to your, to your heart, your mind, that I am taking a stand. I'm gonna pray big prayers. Are you ready? Come on down. Just come on down. Make your way. Make your way. Make your way. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too hard Impossible for God. Possible is what you do. And I know you've got this too. Impossible is what you do. do. Yeah. Nothing's too hard for you. 
Come on, believe God. Write the big thing down. Write the big thing down. I'm asking you don't leave the service just yet to head back to your seat. Come on, we're believing God. Nothing's too hard I love you, man. Impossible is what you do. Come on, believe God. Believe it. Impossible is what you do. Nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. Nothing shall be impossible. Have faith. You can speak to this mountain. Come on, I'm going to believe big. I'm going to believe big. Come on, the devil's been lying to you. He's been telling you things. He's been telling you it's not going to happen. But I've come to tell you today, our God is a miracle worker. Our God is a miracle worker. Come on, give God praise all over this room. tell you this I'm believing I'm going to believe that in the next 21 days that we're going to start hearing a good reports we're going to start hearing about miracles we're going to start hearing about relationships coming back together we're going to start hearing about doctor's reports 
Because there's something about when you pray and you mix it with your expectation and you don't lower your expectation. You walk up here and say, you know what? He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I may ask or think. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man that which God has prepared for them. In other words, God's like, I'm ready to blow somebody's mind. He said, it gives me good pleasure to give the kingdom. I've come to tell you today, I believe that when we get to revival nights, we're gonna hear about God doing big things because today you took a big step and you drew a circle and you prayed big, bold prayers. Big, bold prayers. So here's what I want you to do. If all of you will, please join together in a spirit of faith and just stretch your hand forth to these prayers. Father, in our final moments together in this room, there are requests from one end to the other. There's heaviness, there's hurt, there's pain, there's doubts, there's questions, there's relational strain, there's grief, there's business opportunities. There's people wondering about their parents, people wondering about things. I, I, God, you know every single drop of ink on these cards that represent millions of thoughts represented in this room. The weight and the heaviness that people bear. The doctor's reports and everything that's here. So Father, we give them all to you. Every ounce of ink, we turn it over to you. And we pray that you touch each card, each person, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Father, we pray that revival come to their home and their children. We pray that you just keep them safe. We pray that you're going to do miracles. We pray that you're going to do supernatural signs and wonders. You're going to blow our minds. And Father, we pray that we plead the blood from one end of this altar to the other end of this altar. And we speak life and we declare and we decree that there's going to be purpose and destiny and the best days are still to come. And devil, it gives us great privilege to tell you to get under our feet. And we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. And Father, I pray a circle around 500 Holly Hills Road. I pray over this church that every financial need will be met. I pray that souls will come in to this church and lives will be changed. I pray that you'll fill people with hope and your spirit. I pray that was just our first million. God, keep bringing it in. I pray thousands of people get saved. I pray hundreds of people are touched and changed this year. Let us know that you do big things because we pray bold prayers in Jesus' name. And this church said, come on, give God a praise all over this house. Come on, give Him glory. Give Him praise. He's good. Just want to remind you that on your way out, you can give. Thank you for your generosity, making it happen. If somebody's got a million dollars, we'll take it. I just prayed you in here. 
Hey, listen, if you're one of the people that need prayer after service, our team is gonna be available, our pastors, our prayer team. If you need prayer for anything, we wanna pray with you. Some of you are thinking, man, I wish I could come to the altar. Now's the time to do it. We're gonna pray and believe with you that the best is yet to come. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you that this 21 days of prayer, we're gonna see good things come to pass. I pray that revival nights won't start in just a three-night thing, but it will start at their homes, and I pray they circle what, I pray they make circles and revival come to their life. In Jesus' name, and this church said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.